brought to you with the natural goodness of Viridian Nutrition, available at Browns. I'm Trudy Kerr and welcome to The Interviewer. In this series, I talk to artists, campaigners, men and women of influence, musicians, performers, sportsmen and women, politicians, businessmen and women, and anyone who shapes the fabric of our society. If you've ever thought that the roads in Malta are getting more dangerous, you'd be statistically right. In the last three months of 2021, road traffic casualties increased by just under 22% to 379 over the same period in 2020. Grievous injured persons amounted to 84 and consisted of 49 drivers, 15 passengers, 20 pedestrians, cyclists or other people. There were five fatalities in this three-month period, three drivers and two pedestrians. This is four more fatalities than in the same period in 2020. And statistically, the majority of those grievously injured were males, 76.2%. This is not good news. And one man has decided to do something about it, to drive, excuse the pun, the message home. This week, Keith Tedesco launches his all-star cast film, Awea, which tells the story of John, a Maltese student with big dreams and a serious lack of sleep. The film tells the story of how exhaustion takes a toll on this man during one night whilst driving home from work. His going missing affects a series of coincidental events on a night of tragedy. Keith, welcome. Thank you so much for being here on The Interviewer. Thank you. Hello. Nice to be here. <laughs> Those statistics are crazy. They're crazy. And to be honest, I didn't know about them either. I had done my research yes. before you came. Well done. Um, thank you very much indeed. Now, we're, we're going to talk about the theme and about why you've done it and the statistics and the roads in Malta in just a minute. But before we get there, mm. it sounds like a really obvious question, but this is an all-star cast and a massive topic where did the concept come from? Why did you do this? The concept, yeah. The idea started when I was still at school, at university in Copenhagen, and I just wrote, and I, basically my lecturer told us, write what you know. And a few years prior, I had been in a car accident where I, actually around the corner from here in Halia, I smashed into a tree, a lamppost, a bench, a parked car, and uh, something else I can't remember. But so when he said, write what you know, I, I wrote what I knew and I wrote a 20 minute uh, short film about my car crash. And it was titled different. Uh, uh, it was titled um, Only in Malta. I remember this. So this was back in 2014 or even before. Not okay. the crash, when I wrote it. And Throughout the years, I kept on putting it off, like, you know, should I film it, should I not? I kept on getting rejections as well from um, funds, let's just leave it at that. And I just kept on, you know, putting it on the side, shelving it, basically. And then I found myself experiencing other people's car crashes. 
like between the years of 2011 till 2017, I think I was involved in around six, seven car crashes, and I knew other people that got into car accidents and died, which was scary because, like, I can mention one person that I knew that I, I met on a film set, and then a year later, on another film set that I was working on, I find out that she died in Gozo. Poor thing. I mean, this, it, was, it was an accident. It just happened out of nowhere, and, and poof, one day... She exists, and the next day she she's not there, and that it, it it that idea just kept on making me crazy. I'm like, I can't believe this is such a problem that people are just literally dying. They're just getting into so many car accidents. Nobody's doing anything about it, and I just said, fuck it. I'm just gonna keep on writing and see what happens. Write what you know. That 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 idea just kept on. It was stuck in my mind. Write what you know. Write what you know. Eventually, since 2014 until last year, um, I managed to complete the feature as a script, come down and film it. And I was really... Hang on a second. 2014, yeah. you started this process. Yeah. So this has been a passion for, for eight years. Yeah, it, it's... Sure, you can call it that. It's just, it's just that I was... This has something to do as well with the way the film industry is set up here in Malta. Unfortunately, there's not many other places where you can get money to make a film. So once I got two rejections from the National uh, Film Fund, then in my mind, I said to myself, oh, you're just not good enough, Keith. Just shelf it and forget about it. Because if they said no, then they must mean it. Then it really must not be any good. And luckily, I have a wife who's very supportive, <laughs> and she kept on pushing me to make it, and eventually I made it. But, but in 2014, something just occurred to me. In 2014, mm -hmm. we didn't have as many cars on the road as we have now. Sure, but I... The licensing had not changed then, which right. allowed you to bring in cars much cheaper. Right. Or it was just changing. And we certainly, as you saw, the statistics are that in the last year... Yeah. The, the accidents on the road and fatalities on the road Increased. have dramatically risen. So your film that you conceptualized in 2014 may have been appropriate then, but right now... It's even more so. It's... Yeah. I mean, I, I, maybe it's a bit different because my perspective back then in 2014 was when was a perspective of when I was a bit younger, 20, 21, going out, getting drunk. I mean, who hasn't driven drunk in Malta? Everybody does it. It's insane. I cannot believe that that is a part of our life here, that you just get into a car, boozed up, and you just drive home. I mean, I, was to, I, I really don't want to mention any names, but I was having a conversation a year ago about this, with around four people, and everybody on this table said, hey, it's not, it's crazy, it's crazy. And we're all drinking. But I was at home. I wasn't going to go anywhere. And uh, eventually, after this dinner finished, uh, one person wasn't driving because this person didn't have a license. And this person said, okay, it's time to go home. <clears throat> Who's going to give me a lift? We're four or five people. We were all boozed. We were all a bit drunk. 
And they're like, oh, I take you now, I'll take you, come with me, I, I'm going that way anyway. It's just, it's normal. But, I, I mean, this film isn't about drinking and driving, it's about reckless driving, but the mentality behind it is still the same. We get into a car with the idea that I'm going to drive and everything's going to be okay, regardless. And that is the issue, the mentality behind our... Uh, whatever, the normality of driving is completely wrong. It's complete. We're going to talk about that in a little bit of detail yeah. in just a second. I'm still Snow, busy I'm setting the scene. Yeah. No, because you answered the question, where does the co concept come from? Yeah. And it comes from 2014, and it comes from your own personal experience, yeah. which is incredible. So I want to talk about the cast for a second, because the cast consists of my dear friend, Chris Dingley. Yes. Uh, with his resting bitch face, as you mentioned. Yes. Clara <laughs> Juice. Yes. And Michaela Ferrugia, who I've actually interviewed on this show yeah. in association with her role in Lutsu and did incredibly well. Um, Ramba Attard, who is always getting me into trouble. Um, Angel Galia, Henry Zami Cordina, amongst others. Now, this is a star-studded yes. cast. Yeah. How did you get these people in one film? I was lucky. And... No, lucky is what happens okay. when you, you get a lottery and you win. This yeah. is not luck. It's honestly, the way this happened was absolutely crazy. So to set the scene, there was absolutely no money to make this film. None, none whatsoever. I can tell you exactly how much I spent, and this is from my own pocket, around 15 to 20,000 euros. That's it, to make this feature. And I did it because I was frustrated. I got nothing, no support locally. So I said... Screw it, I'm going to do it my way. And, I mean, at the moment, right now, I live in the Netherlands, so my, if I were to live in Malta and keep on working in film, it, my situation would be different to how it is now in the Netherlands, where my work is constant. I never stop, I'm always, always going. So I have that luxury of doing this little donation to myself. And 15,000 euros is really not enough to make a film either. But it set the ball rolling. Is that even a term to say? It, it's, yeah. it was a snowball effect, basically. And because I had this ambition and because I, I kept on just sending my script over to people and people saw that I was furious, that I had this, um, as well, Corona had something to do with it because we're all a bit... You know, we were inside for too long. Everybody was desperate to film something. So luckily for me, when I started sending over the scripts to certain actors and the fact that everybody was frustrated with COVID and not getting enough funds locally to film something locally, which is something that I've been thriving for for years and I'm very furious about, all of a sudden I got this incredible support from all the locals. It was amazing. It was beautiful. I'd call up Michaela, who I barely know. I met her on, on Carmen, which is another Maltese feature by Falcon Films, which I loved working on. It's fantastic. Called her up. Yes, send me the script. I'd love to do it. And basically, from there on, it was just suggestions and recommendations. So I have you in mind for Sophie. Who do you think would be great for John? Who do you think would be great for Joe? Who do you think would be great for the mother and the father? I called Claire Juice for the mother. I'd call Claire. Hi, Claire, you don't know me. I'm Keith Esco. I'm a filmmaker. I'm frustrated. I want to make a film. Let me send you a script. 
Send it to her. Yes, yes, yes. I'd love to get involved 100%. Send me the script. She read it. Luckily for me, everybody actually read the script and they loved it. it. There was something in my writing that was very familiar. So that's why a lot of people said yes to it. And then from there on, it was just recommendations. So Claire, who do you want to play your husband? Oh, Chris, call Chris, call Chris. That's how I got Chris, even though I knew Chris, I didn't think of him. But as soon as Claire said, I want Chris to work, to play as my husband, it's as if I had a free talent agent and that talent agent was everyone. So that really, I mean, obviously, it created an amazing dynamic between all the cast because everybody knew each other. Everybody wanted to work on the film because everyone else that they admire and loved also was working on the film. So it was, it was great. I really, I, I think it's an amazing story because these yeah. are really acclaimed yeah. actors. Yeah, and none of them ever worked with me before as a director, except for Serenaudi, who is my... Um, yeah, my partner in crime, I'm going to call her. Not business partner. Sorry, Naudi. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different show, Keith. We're <laughs> no, going to come no. back to that one. We're friends. That's it. We're best buds. Listen, you mentioned that this is uh, a, a star-studded cast. Yeah. These are actors, um, Michaela, for instance, who's been in Lutsu. And these are, these are films that are really well-known, prestigious films, award-winning films. But you've also been associated with some other big films, By the Sea with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, yeah. uh, Murder on the Orient Express, 13 Hours. But this is your debut as a feature film director. So what was, I mean, you talked about the fact that you scripted, you wrote this, you conceptualized this, that the actors loved the script, but now you're taking it to directing it as well, directing a, directing a feature film. What is that like? I mean, this is, I know it's your own money, but that's still a big gamble, right? No, actually, I am so comfortable in directing, you have no idea. It's where I, it's, it's my, my base, you know, I, I love it. I love directing. And because I work full time in this industry, I'm always on set from jumping from one production to another. I mean, I'm exhausted. I am absolutely tired. I mean, I, I just came from camera prep for another documentary that's happening tomorrow. I'm tired, you know, I, am, I haven't stopped. And because I've been working so much and I don't stop, I am exposed to all this experience. I, I mean, I almost have 10 years now under my belt as a freelancer. Um, I'm always jumping from one set to another and you just see how other people work. Like, fine, Angelina and Brad, that was my first production. I knew nothing apart from what I knew at film school. But, you know, they give you opportunities, you get to learn from them, then you jump on to another production, another production, different roles, almost always, but you always learn something. And in the Netherlands, I mean, I'm on series after series after series. You see how other directors do it. Fine, in another, in another language, but you still get, get the gist of it. But you mentioned on one of your social media posts mm. that the way that you did this film mm. was quite unique because this worked around other people's schedules. Yeah, that was nice. Because it's, the post says something along about, like, some, the post says something along the lines of, 
everybody goes to work from yeah. nine till five, and then the filming starts from six onwards, six yeah. to eight. How did that? How did that happen? How, how did that affect you as a director? Were you working other jobs whilst you were doing this as well? No, I had. Were to, they working other yes. jobs? Yes. I don't think there was any actor in this film that did not have another job. I mean. No, none of them are full-time actors. They'd like to be, almost all of them, and I can say wholeheartedly that they deserve it, and if it was actually stable in this country, they would have a career full-time in, in acting. It would be amazing for us all, really. But th this reality that you speak of doesn't exist. You can't be a full-time actor here. I'm sorry. I mean, it's just not set up for it yet, yet. I hope it changes, guys. I really do. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe I was... The right way to put it was not lying, but extending the truth slightly. It's not that I was working around other people's schedules. I mean, yes, I would film when the main cast is, is free. Sure. Um, but, for example, other supporting actors, they would... Like, I would know that they would finish work at around five or six o'clock. So I'm thinking, I'm not, they're not getting much out of this. So I can't force them to take a day off either. So I plan in my mind that even if in the script it says it's a day scene, I would rewrite it as a night scene. So that you'd allow yourself the opportunity to be flexible with them. Plus, on the other hand, they would extremely appreciate it. Because one, they get to do something they love. And two, you work around them. So you're, you're being, you know, it's... Um, so you wrote, rewrote some of the script. Yes, the writing never stopped. I mean, even though the script was locked, on the day I would rewrite things just so that it could fit. It, um, it was, I'm telling you. The product that you are going to see is... The, I'm, not because I directed it myself, but I cannot believe it looks <laughs> and feels like this after the way I shot it. The fact that I had so like whatever these ten years experience and I've seen a lot and blah 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 that really really helped and thank God for my editor thank God I'm gonna name him Fabrizio he's amazing I love him without him and without the years of experience it would have been all this material would have been trashed completely it would have been unusable for sure and of course the acting makes the film. Hundred percent. Let's talk about the the, th the subject of the film, and then we're going to come to the film okay. itself. The traffic issue here at the moment. Yeah. It does feel like that the laws of the road don't apply in Malta, whether it's double parking, triple parking, speeding, not stopping at pedestrian crossings, not stopping when it says stop, not stopping at a double line, which means you absolutely have to stop. That's yeah. the command. Not giving away at roundabouts, dangerous overtaking. Now, my exper past experience over the last 17 years that I've been in Malta has been that Malta always had its own approach to driving. Yeah. And when I was first here, it was almost humorous. It wasn't necessarily a problem. I can remember passing a car that had a Shetland pony on the back seat and, and these sorts of things. <laughs> but now, statistically, we can see that it is a big problem. Yeah. And people are getting killed, as we saw from the statistics of the last quarter of last year, more than once a month. 
more regularly than once a month. And especially this month, yeah. And this month has been horrific. So you talked about the background to the film, but why do you have an opinion? Do you have a thought about why this is happening in Malta? Why is Malta like this? It didn't yeah. used to be like this. Uh, I don't think my opinion matters, but I think it has something to do with one, the government, and two, the people. So the mentality is a problem, yes. And the government, because, I mean, clearly there's a problem. You know, any new cabinet would focus on fixing temporary pro problems for the next four years, just to show that they're doing something. I mean, you need a program, you need a structure of how you're going to fix this problem. A few flyovers isn't going to do it if... I don't know how many cars are put, new cars are put on the road every day. There's but is the problem the amount of cars or is it people's attitude towards driving? Both. How can you have 450,000 cars? I'm not sure, even sure if that's the number, but it's working itself up to that number, definitely. But how can you have all these cars in Malta? It's tiny. How can every single member of a household have a car? You know, if you have an infrastructure that works, public transport, let's say a metro or a tram, buses that actually run on time, and then uh, bicycle lanes or, or some other, you know, safer way of uh, traveling solely as, as an individual, like, you know, on a moped or a bicycle or something like that, you won't have all this congestion, all this road rage. It's insane. Is that where it's coming from? Is it coming from road rage? Is it coming from people's frustration? Again, I'm not an expert, so I no, really no, can't no, no. tell you. We, I'm, I know that. <laughs> I'm speculating, you know. This speculation is, is fine, and we'll caveat this by saying this yeah. is key speculation. Yeah. But you, you have the advantage of living abroad and you come yeah. into Malta with fresh eyes. So yeah. you must have seen something. I, I just came back yesterday, in fact, and I, I'm, I'm scared out of my mind to get behind the wheel of a car here. It's petrifying. I'd rather drive 130, 140 on a Dutch road, on a highway, when I'm really, I, I don't like speed at all. <laughs> I'd rather do that than drive here. I, it's, it's too scary for me. And, the idea, I mean, people are going to see this and hear this and say, oh, no, he's a, whatever, he's a wuss, you know, he doesn't have the balls to drive on Walty's roads. I'm sorry, but this is not how it should be. But, okay, well, let me ask you about that. Because if, if people, if you believe people would think that you don't have the balls to drive yeah. on Maltese roads, surely that means that the person who thought you don't have the balls to drive on a Maltese road is not seeing the statistics. No, there's... I'm terrified yeah. myself that one day, not as a driver, yeah. but as a pedestrian, because we talked about the statistics of five people getting killed yeah. in the last three months of 2021. Yeah. Two of those were pedestrians. Yeah. They weren't even drivers. No, it's nuts. Let me, let me put you in perspective. And I, I don't know if this will even answer your question, but my wife is Dutch and we lived here together for three years. The number one reason why we left, and the second one was, the second reason why we left is there wasn't enough opportunities for us in the film world. So we left. The number one reason was that she did not want to drive here. Can you imagine that? This is the love of my life. I live here in Malta. 
I lived here in Malta. <clears throat> I will never be able to live here for an extended period of time because my wife is scared of driving here, or even to be a passenger. She was scared out of her mind just to even walk down a busy street in Hamroon, for example, because she was scared that somebody's going to run her over. And she's, once I lived abroad, I mean, I've been living abroad for a while, but after we moved in 2017-18, I could see exactly why. It is nuts. And yes, living abroad and coming back here would help open your eyes and see a different perspective. Um, but I really do truly think that if you don't see the problem, then you're just naive. How can you not see that this is a problem? Is that what the film is all about? Is that the purpose of the film? It's, the purpose of the film is the fact that we are hypocritical. So I highlight this a few times. That we say, oh no, I'm not going to drive drunk. And then you end up drinking and driving. Oh no, no, I'm not going to be on my phone. And you'll end up being on your phone. And I, it, feels, it really does feel like I'm shitting on my country, but I love Malta. But we are a nation of hypocrites. That's it. How can you say something and then do another? There's a problem on the roads. There's a problem with our mentality when we get behind the wheel of a car. And because there's no visible penalty. Yeah, I'm not even sure that a penalty would solve the problem either. So there comes to my final question to you. Do you think that the film will make a difference? Do you hope mm. that the film will make a difference? And if not, what is the purpose of the film and yeah. what will make a difference? I, Three I, questions. I, I, yeah. Okay. So I don't want to pretend like I'm being some kind of guardian angel to the Maltese, which I am not. I did this partially because I am a selfish person and I want to be a filmmaker and this is something that I know how to do. So write what you know. And I wrote a film about something that I've experienced. So that, selfishly, is one of my answers. That is why I made this film. In turn, that also helps broaden some people's perspectives on the problem. Do I think that it will change people's perspective? Absolutely not. It won't do anything. It won't do anything. So what will do something? I have no idea, but this definitely won't. It will entertain, definitely. People will laugh about it, but... But you've made this film about an incredibly important point, and yes. you know that it's not going to make any difference. It's not enough. I can't be the only one that does this. You have to change. You have to choose yourself. You have to actually stop and decide for yourself, listen, this is actually a problem. I'm going to put my phone away. I'm not going to go to Parchville or to Valletta or wherever, take two, three pints, I don't know when you're over the limit, and then drive home. What else? I'm, I'm not going to speed. I mean, everybody speeds here as well. It's, it's, it's a bit... Anyway... Regardless. We could be sat here talking about this forever. You have to change. You have to decide yourself to change. Issa, again, when I say these things, it sounds like I'm being some kind of, I don't know, horacle um, or something. It's, I'm, I, I can't tell you what to do, and I can't highlight the problems more than I already did. But the problems are there. Now you decide whether or not to fix them. That's it. I can't do anything else. I'm sorry. Plus, apart from that, my job is done. I've critiqued the country in the form of film. 
And all I did this for was because I wanted to make a movie. And a Maltese movie. About something Maltese. Keith, what a beautiful end to this interview. But tell me, where can people see this movie? Where is it going to be? Um, so, it will be premiering at the Eden Cinemas in St. Julian's on the 25th for a week. The more people show up that week, then it will be extended to another two weeks. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a hassle with the bloody election going on. Thank you, Maltese politics, once again. Um, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I don't know, people will actually show up and it will be extended. But even if nobody shows up, I will definitely try to a re-release a few weeks later and uh, hopefully who knows maybe I don't know a streaming service with some kind of big name could actually watch it and purchase it uh, maybe I hope for you yeah I mean you know that I also had Joe on the show from the yes, boat yes and that's exactly what happened to the boat yeah and even Lutsu you know has escalated into this incredible success that is my hope for you Thank I you. love the story I love the story that it was a point of passion and you were challenged to write about something that you know yeah and it has become more and more relevant yep until right now, it's critical. Keith, congratulations and thank you so much for being thank you. on this show. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, all right. I hope. When are you going to watch it? I'm coming oh, to yeah, the premiere. Oh, yeah. 